I love it. I love it. So let me just start with uh, talking about Christmas Eve traditions. Many of you, like me, you grew up with traditions in your household or with your own family. You're creating your own traditions that you do either on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Uh, for me, growing up, um, I, uh, I remember two things that we would eat all the time, and maybe you ate these same two things, but a chili or oyster stew. Did any, anybody else in that camp? Is that, a, I don't know, okay, a few of us get that. I don't know where that comes from, but, and I, I mean, I used to really like oyster stew, but the last time I ate it, I mean, I gotta be honest with you. My mom put oysters in there about the size of tennis balls. I just, you can only chew on that for so long before it's like, ah. So I'm, I'm kind of taking a break from oysters too. But we did other stuff too. Like my mom liked to bake candies and uh, she made divinity. You heard of divinity? It's like this fluffy white. And then um, uh, this, what other candy was it? It was, oh, uh, a red cinnamon hard candy called anise candy. You, have you heard of that? Okay, now it's, it's very important that you, you punctuate that correctly. Anise candy, okay? Because if you get that wrong, it could go sideways really quick. So anyway, so, uh, sorry, welcome to Meadows. Here we go. So there are, <laughs> there are people from all different backgrounds here. Like many of you I've never met before. You've never met me. I grew up Catholic, just so you know. So I grew up going to church. I grew up going to candlelight service. I got to tell you something kind of funny. Uh, uh, a woman, um, she messaged us this week and w just checking out the church. Hey, what do you guys do for Christmas? She said, do you do candlelight service? And I giggled, not because her, qu her question was legit. I mean, a lot of people do candlelight services. I grew up doing that. But I chuckled because I thought to myself, that's about the last thing we need to do at Meadows Church. I mean, we don't, I, this is a rowdy church. You don't put fire in your hands. I mean, we don't own the building. We don't own nothing. So we ain't doing that for a long time. But I just kind of laughed. I just, I didn't get into it where I said, no, nah, we don't do that. But so, and if, you, if that was you, I'm glad you still came. So, um, but we had traditions growing up and candlelight service, uh, chili, uh, oyster stew. Um, but I'm going to say this to you. Regardless of your background, regardless of if you went to church a lot or you, you don't go to church much, or maybe this is the first time that you've been to church in a long time, um, I, I'm so excited that you're here. And, uh, and I, uh, how did I want to say this? We're a church, to tell you who we are, how can I describe it? You've stepped into a church where it's okay to not be okay. So, I mean, sometimes churches are, you get tense because you haven't been to church in a while. This is a church where it's okay to not be okay. In fact, stats tell you three out of four people are not okay. And the fourth person that said they were okay, they're lying. So, I mean, honestly, nobody's okay. This is that church. We're also a church that we believe that what we're doing here, like when you gather on the weekends for, for church, we believe it should look less like a funeral and more like a party, because we have something to celebrate. Is the birth of Jesus, do you think it's something to celebrate? The king has come. God has sent his son to save us. So we like to celebrate. And it's not like we're making that up. Jesus modeled that. In fact, do you know, like, can you, you can just shout it out. What was Jesus' first recorded miracle? Anybody know it? Oh my gosh. Somebody over here said it so fast. You? Oh my gosh. You got kind of excited about that miracle, Bryce behave this Christmas, will you? It water into wine. You know, Bryce is like, I know that one. I know. Wow. So anyway, so yes, water into wine, Bryce. That, that's what he did. And so Jesus's first miracle was just to keep the party going. I mean, think about that. That's our church. We're a little different, but I'll give you a little bit about me and then we'll get into this message. I, uh, I've been in full-time ministry 10 years, just over 10 years. We planted Meadows Church just over four years ago. Um, I, I, so I wasn't always a pastor. You know, 
before I was a pastor, Emily, I used to have a real job. You know what I'm saying? So, and the reason I say it like that is because my son, Jake, who's 14, Jake just had a sleepover a week ago. Uh, by the way, uh, parents, if you want to go backwards in your walk with Jesus, just invite four teenage boys over to your house for the night. Anyway, so, um, wow. So, but, but Jake's buddy is so funny. They, we were talking, and his, his buddy's like, Jake says you're a pastor. And I said, yeah, yeah, I am. He said, well, you know, I know there's church on Sunday, but, like, what do you do the rest of the time? And he said it like I don't do anything. And I was like, Hunter, you know what I do the rest of the time? I pray for little jerks like you. That's what I'm not just kidding. I didn't say that. I did not say that, but I wanted to. I'm, I don't do anything. So it was funny. He asked the legit. But, but being a pastor, for me to you, it has advantages like any job, has disadvantages like any job. Uh, an advantage, sometimes you'll invite me to your house, me and my wife or our family, and we'll have a meal together. So I get a free meal. That's always good. Side note, don't you hate when you're a guest at somebody's house? You go and you use the bathroom, and they've hidden the plunger. I mean, I, it, I'm, I'm, I, is it, you'll never invite me over to your house now, will you? You won't. I mean, my story is, you know what? <laughs> that was there before I got in there. So that's what I say. <laughs> I know I shouldn't lie, but sometimes, you know, God forgives. So <laughs> don't hide it. Don't make it more difficult than it has to be. Okay. I want to, I want to give you the story of Jesus, the Christmas story. But like with anything we do at Meadows Church, we're going to do it a little differently. So you're going to get the story of Jesus, but you're going to get it meadow style. So, um, in fact, I'm going to start where, the, where Luke started. Luke is one of the guys that wrote the four stories of Jesus. Maybe you've heard of them, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Gospel just means good news. I'm going to share you some good news that Luke recorded. Luke didn't start his story with the birth of Jesus, but instead Luke started his story with an unknown priest named Zechariah. And I'll, I'll give you a little um, uh, story on Zechariah. He was one of the thousands of priests they would have in the temple. Uh, the, the temple was a very complex uh, place, and it took a lot of people to do a lot of things. So he was one of the priests, and he got selected by chance to, for, for a great honor that, that sometimes priests got to do. He got selected to go into the, to the temple and present an offering of incense. This was, if you're a priest, this was a big deal. Like, and it happened by chance. And most priests would never get the opportunity to, to do this. But Zechariah had the opportunity to do it, and he took it. And this is, how, this is how it went down. He goes into the temple, and when he's in the temple, an angel shows up. An angel named Gabriel shows up, and he says to Zechariah, Zechariah, I am Gabriel, an angel of God. And, and God wants you to know that he has heard yours and Elizabeth, his wife's, prayer. Now think about that for a second. I think God wanted me to pause right now and say something to somebody. I think he wants you to know this. Maybe there's maybe two camps right now. Some of you, maybe you used to talk to God at one point and you've stopped because God didn't show up the way you thought he would. God didn't answer the prayers the way you thought he would. And maybe you stopped talking to him. And God wants you to know he's listening. And God wants you to know that he cares for you. And God wants you to know that he loves when you talk to him. So he wants you to pick that back up. Others of you, here's the thing. You pray and you keep praying, but, but, but you've, lost your, 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 you've lost some faith in there. There's words, but there's no faith behind it. And the reason there's no faith behind it is because God, again, has not done what you thought he should do. I'm telling you, God will show up. Elizabeth and, and, and Zechariah, their story, they couldn't have kids. She, Elizabeth was barren. She couldn't have kids. And they're, they're, they're older now. So, but they're still praying. And, and Gabriel's like, you know what? God's heard your prayers, Zachariah. You're going to have a son, you and Elizabeth. You're going to name him John. 
And, and, he, and he lays it out for him. Think about this. Think about the day that Zach is having. He gets to be the, the big guy in the temple offering the incense. An angel shows up, tells him he's going to have a kid. Can't believe it. I mean, this is crazy. So in Luke 1.18, I think we'll put this on the screen. This is what Zechariah says to the angel. He says, how can I be sure this will happen? I mean, I'm an old man now, and my wife, well, she's, and then he thinks about, be careful, Zachariah, how you position this, right? And she's, she's well along in years. Good, good recovery. She's well along in years. So he doubts. He has doubts about what the angel said is going to happen. And I wrote down, I wrote down, he doubts what Gabriel said. And Gabriel's like, what? Are you kidding me? Zachariah, I'm Gabriel. I, I'm an angel. You're speaking to an angel right now, okay? Well, you know, I talked to an angel one time. Okay, sir, it doesn't count if you just smoked a bowl, okay? It doesn't count. That wasn't an angel. That was a hallucination. Anyway, so whatever. So it's metals. You got to clarify this stuff. So um, I'm just saying. So, I talked to you. Okay, so, but, but that's what he said. Uh, I'm Gabriel. I'm an angel, Zachariah, and you need more information? You need more and, and then and there's, there's a consequence for him doubting. Listen to what Gabriel says. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you're going to be silent, uh, Zechariah, unable to speak until the child, John, is born. For my words, say words. Boy, that's, that's a theme. My words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. It's like Gabriel saying, you know what, Zechariah? Despite your doubt, despite your lack of faith, Despite what you believe, despite what you don't believe, despite what you say, uh, my word will come true in spite of you. The, the, the angel's just saying, you know what, it's going to happen. So Zechariah goes home. And think about that trip home. He's thinking, he's pondering, we're going to have a kid. We're going to have a son. But, but Zechariah's no dummy. He's like, okay, for that to happen, something's got to happen. Okay, he knows that. So he gets home to Elizabeth and he can't talk, remember? He can't, the angel said, you ain't gonna talk. So he's like, he just has to go home and give Elizabeth that look, kind of like. <laughs> the look that says, how you doing? You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what his look was, but he has to do something. And I'm sure Elizabeth is like, oh, I thought I was well along in years. I got, now, now, you, now I look pretty good. Okay, whatever. So she does get pregnant and they keep it a secret for five months until the sixth month. This is the, who they're pregnant with is John the Baptist. If you don't know, this is the John that they're speaking of. Jesus's cousin, the one who would baptize Jesus 30 years later. So back to the word of God. <laughs> Say ready or not. Ready. Say believe it or not. Believe. Say here he comes. Here he comes. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel, and Gabriel's been busy. God sent Gabriel to Nazareth, a, a, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named, anybody know the name? Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that almost anyone, anywhere, on, on I mean, any continent could fill in that blank? Isn't that something? How? Why? Here's why. Because something happened. Something literally happened. She was engaged, Mary, to a man named Joseph. Some of you, you know the story. A descendant of King David. 
Gabriel appears and he says to Mary, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. He sees she's flustered. He's like, don't be afraid, Mary. Don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and you'll give birth to a son. You'll name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him a throne of his ancestor David and his king or his, his reign, excuse me, and he will reign over Israel. Uh, what he says next is the kicker. He will reign over Israel forever. In fact, I'll add to it. His kingdom will never end. Now that's a game changer because you're not just talking about Israel and you're not just talking about like the next 100 years. You're talking about like forever. His kingdom will never end. And of course, Mary had questions. You would too, I would too. And Mary says, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And you wanted to say to Mary, Mary, don't question Gabriel, okay? It didn't go well for Zechariah. Don't just, just accept it. But here's the thing. Mary wasn't questioning what would happen. That's what Zechariah did. He questioned if it would even happen. Mary wasn't questioning what happened. She was questioning how it would happen. I'll say it, I'll say it a different way. Mary believed the promise. She just didn't understand the process. Does that make sense? So think about this. You, I wonder, like for me, I wonder how many times God has shown me something or, or guided me in a direction, and maybe you too, and we bypassed it, we overlooked it, we dismissed it because it wasn't going down like we thought it was supposed to go down. And, and, and I always tell people, just because something doesn't make sense to you doesn't mean it doesn't make sense to God. Okay? So we said last week, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And I just need somebody to know that if God called you to it, he will see you through it. He will. He will. He will. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit, Mary, this is how it's going to happen. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born, he's going to be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. Oh, what's more, just, just to reassure you even more, Mary, because I know this is crazy what I'm telling you, just to re reassure you even more, Elizabeth, you know your cousin, your relative, she's pregnant too in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son, and she's now in her sixth month, and here it comes again, for the word of God will never fail. The word of God will never fail. I wrote this down. God accomplishes his purposes through the power of his word. God accomplishes his purposes through the power of his word. Can I show you something so stark to, to prove this to you? There's a psalm. I'll give it to you. Psalm 33, 9. Listen to this. For when he spoke, God, when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. Okay, if you don't, if you don't think the word of God is powerful... He speaks things into existence. He speaks galaxies into existence. Planets, earth, you, me. This is the God that we deal with. This is the God who's drawing us in today. Mary, you'll give birth to the Son of God. In other words, Mary, ready or not, believe it or not, here he comes. And Mary responds in Luke 138. 
I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. So the angel just declares, you're going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Okay? It, my, I read a commentary. It made me chuckle this week because my commentary said, it said, it's possible that some people thought Mary had been unfaithful to Joseph. I thought, no. I mean, you're kidding. They just didn't accept her word that, you know, she got pregnant by God? I mean, that just isn't, I mean, duh, that happens all the time. Of course they thought that. Many people thought that. Imagine Mary and the pressure she had going home to Joseph. She, I mean, she's got some exciting news, but still, it's going to be tense, right? She goes home to Joseph. Honey, I have incredible news. Incredible news. Come here, come on, sit down, sit down, sit down. An angel showed up and talked to me today. And Joseph's like, holy cow, you're kidding. No, 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 I'm not kidding you. An angel spoke to me. His name, uh, Gabriel. Gabriel was his name. You're not going to believe what he said, sweetie. He said that you and I are going to have a baby. We're going to have a son. And, and, and we, don't even, we don't have to fight about the baby name. We don't have to check lists. It's Jesus. He told us what it is. We, we, it's a son. It's Jesus. And Joseph's like, oh, my God. This is amazing. Yeah, I can't believe it. I know, honey, I know. Oh, 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 just one more thing, real quick. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm already pregnant. Say what? <laughs> I'm sure Joseph was like, it was Jimmy, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> I should have never given him the garage coat. I knew he didn't want to borrow my tools. You know, I, dang it. <laughs> Can you imagine? What the heck? That, that is so insane. I won't get into this in scripture, but an angel had to appear to Joseph too. And it would need to appear to you, too, and me, too, to believe this story that Mary was giving him. But God is so good, and God speaks so clearly. He wants us to know there's power in his word. In his ways, they're so amazing. By the way, what happened to Zechariah? You know, remember the guy? Couldn't talk? Well, eventually, him and Elizabeth had John, his son. I told you that's John the Baptist. Six months after that, Mary and Joseph had their son. His name was Jesus. He steps onto the pages of history. I should clarify. He steps onto the pages of history as a human. See, where Luke starts his story with Zechariah and Elizabeth and John, John, not, not John the Baptist, but the, the author who wrote the Gospel of John, the disciple of Jesus, you know where he starts the story of Jesus? Like way back. I'm talking the beginning of the beginning. Like, like he says, in the beginning was, was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word that John's talking about is Jesus. So Jesus has always been, it was just 2,000 plus years ago that he was sent to earth as a human being. Let me read you a scripture just to try to wrap our heads around this. John 1, 4, 5. The word, that's Jesus, gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light. Say light brought light to everyone. His light brought life to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never put it out. John would continue by saying that that light would eventually be sent to earth as a child that would grow up, and he would invade the world with that light. That, that should blow us away. See, for somebody here that's in a dark place, you've been in one, you're in one, or you're going to be in one, you're, you're in one of those three camps, I promise you. Here's the thing. Despite your situation, okay, despite your circumstances, despite any regrets that you have, 
despite all the wrong choices, all the unanswered prayers, all the regrets, there is this little flicker. There is a flame. See, when you and I were at our darkest, God sent light into our world. And his name is Jesus. It's crazy. Oh my gosh, if you've been at a dark place, this news is incredible. So God sends this light. When you and I were at our worst, God sent his best. And get this, he sent Jesus not, not just to be the center of history, which he is, but to be the center of your story. Your story, like you. Christmas isn't some just holiday that we just observe. It is something, it is so personal. At least it, God wants it to be. So, I, I, and, and I wrote down, it depends, you know, where you're at maybe in life, how the story hits you. I grew up going to church, I told you that. It was never personal to me until I went through some dark days. I thought about Jesus being light. And you know what God brought to my mind this week? As I pray over you and pray over us and over what's going on in all the churches over all the world. The, probably one of the darkest days of my life. I mean, I, I, I wish I could forget it some days, but I know it's part of my story. It was, uh, well, Jake, the one who had the sleepover, my 14-year-old son. He, my wife Jody was pregnant with him. So uh, Jody, I was going to call her Mary. That's kind of some big shoes to fill. But anyway, Jody, no pressure, all right? Jody was with child. And Ava, my 16-year-old, she was two. And it was Ava's birthday, and it was Ava's birthday party. And at the end of the birthday party, um, I'd already been to rehab for a drug addiction once and uh, still struggling. And, at the, and everybody went home from the party and stuff, and my wife looked at me and she said, you probably need to go. Now, she never said that before, but she said it. And I knew that she, what she said was, was true. I knew it. So I, uh, I jumped in my car. And this is, I'm just, I'm just sharing you that you don't think I'm all, I'm not. I've lived some dark, just like you. So, so I jump in my car and I go and I, I, I buy drugs. And as I'm driving, and I drive to a dark place, a hotel. This hotel, I mean, they, 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 it, it was pet friendly because I saw the pets crawling up and down the wall and along the floor. So anyway, so it was, wasn't, the, wasn't your five star. So um, I go to this hotel and I told God this. I said, God, if I live through the night, I'll go to rehab again. And if I don't, well, we really don't need to worry about it then, do we? I won't go into details. You don't need to know them. That night, I, man, it was just dark. So I remember, I, I literally remember, and I feel like I just need to just show you. At the, towards the end of the night, I'm laying on the bed, and I'm laying, and my feet are like dangling over the bed, and I remember I'm sweating, and my heart is just racing. And I'm like, ah, you know, I, I'm just, and I don't know what I'm thinking. I know that there's tears that had been rolling down my face, and it, it, it was just so dark, and I just was like, I almost like, God, just, just kill me. Like, would you kill me? And, uh, Ah, it's miserable. So I'm laying there, and you guys, well, say light. All of a sudden, through the window, light pierces the darkness, and this light shoots across the room in the, in the uh, motel room, and it's, it's the sun coming up. And I remember getting up like this and uh, remembering the promise that I made God that I'm like, okay, if I live through the night, I'll go. And I realized I lived through the night, and I went. I jumped in my car. I grabbed a few more things from the house, 
and I went to rehab the second time. And God, though it's been very difficult, God's been with me every step of the way. So, so why do I share that? See, I'm convinced of something. I'm convinced of regardless of your situation, regardless of what you're facing in the world, like no, no matter how big it is, no matter how bad the situation, no matter how deep the depression, there is a light that shines bright. I'm gonna say it again. There is a light that shines bright and no amount of darkness can put it out. Ready or not, here he comes. Oh my gosh, I want that light. Save me. I want to invite Mila to come up. Mila's going to read you a Christmas story straight from the Word of God. 2,000 plus years ago, this light that invaded my hotel room, it invaded the earth. It invaded the darkness. Mila's going to, show, Mila's going to tell you how it happened. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinus was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. David's ancient home, he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, they came for a baby to be born. She, she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in, in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by the sign. You will find a baby rack snuggly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Luke 2, 1 through 12. Can you imagine? Jesus is in the manger. Mary picks him up. I'm guessing she held him quite often that night. And she's holding the baby. I want you to think about her holding the Son of God. And she reflects back to nine months earlier when Gabriel showed up. And she's thinking, he was right. I, I'm a virgin. And I gave birth to a son. I, I'm, I'm looking at him. He's so beautiful. He's perfect. He's going to save the world. My son. 33 years later, Mary would watch her firstborn son die on a cross. I can't help but wonder what she's thinking as she's looking at a body that's more lifeless than anything you could ever look at in your life. Did I get, I don't understand it, God. Maybe I misheard you. Maybe I misheard your messenger, Gabriel. I, I, thought, you, I, I thought you said that he was gonna reign forever. I thought you said the kingdom would, would never end. This looks like end. 
Like, like Jesus isn't going to bounce back from what I'm looking at. He's dead. So what, did I miss it? Did I, is he not the son of God? Is he not the savior of the world? I'm telling you, understand something at the crucifixion of Jesus. Nobody believed that he was coming back at that point. When you see a dead body on a cross like she would have saw, taken down, lifeless, limp, dead, you're not thinking, oh, he's going to be okay. <laughs> no one's thinking that. Nobody. Three days later. Three days later, Mary would peer into an empty tomb. And, and, and eventually... Mary would embrace her resurrected son. You see, and at that time, she knew that what the angel said was true. He is the savior of the world, but he's not just a savior. He's her savior and your savior and my savior is personal. She didn't understand it all, but she understood something. Something that was so dead was now so alive. And that doesn't just happen. I want, I want the host team, if you would, to pass something out. And I forgot to grab one too, so bring me one as well. But we're going to pass out these, these, uh, these glow sticks. Just hold on to it. Don't do anything with it. And uh, this is the best way that I think God showed me I could present the gospel to you. This is, there's nothing special here. This is supposed to be something that is beautiful and lit up, full of light. But as you're getting yours, and if we don't have enough, go back and grab more, guys, if you would. But hopefully we do. Um, I'll tell you something about this. This is us in the world. Certainly before we ever get, intersect with Jesus face to face, we're dark. We live in a dark place. I don't have to tell you that you, you do bad things. You, you get that. You don't need me to condemn you over that. I, I, trust me, you, you just heard a story about your pastor's life. I mean, I'm, I'm no, I, I got no room to judge anybody. I'll, I promise you that. But here's the thing. And, and, and lean into this, please. If you've ever, oh God, I want you, God, I pray right now that, that somebody's gonna hear this like they heard it for the first time in Jesus' name. If I were to ask most of the people in this room, those of you watching online, those of you listening on your treadmill days, weeks, years from now, if I were to ask anybody almost in the world, how do you go to heaven? How, how do you, like if, if Jesus' kingdom really is forever, how, how do we get to be a part of that? Like, because I, I know I'm not, I'm going to die. We, we, the death rate is hovering at about 100% right now. That ain't changing, okay? So, you know what people would say? Guarantee you, most people, I believe probably nine out of 10. Good people, do good things, do good deeds, love people, you go to heaven. Do bad things, hang out in hotel rooms, hurting people, lying to people, kill people, raping people. Those people, they go to hell. If that's your belief, see, I believe that most of my life. So if you believe that, that's, that, most people believe that. So don't feel bad about believing that. My, my prayer is that you forget it right now. That you will erase that from your memory. That God will erase it. Because that isn't true. Good people don't go to heaven. 
save people go to heaven. This is big. Oh God, this blew me away. A drug addict like me gets to bring you the word of God. How? It's not because I'm good, I promise you. This was me. Jesus met me in a dark place that God, I, I never want to even think about again. But you know when he met me? It's when I was broken. And I think about, and I'll break this if I got the strength, which I barely do. And as soon, and this is, it's so funny. This is how most people will find the Lord. It's through broken times. It's through addiction. It's through divorce. Because some of you right now, you're thinking, how could I ever have Jesus? I'm addicted right now. I'm looking at porn right now. I'm lying to my girlfriend right now. I'm cheating on my wife right now. I'm doing bad. I'm, I talk, and I, I talk about bad things, and I think bad things. I'm a broken person. Me too. Good people don't go to heaven. Saved people go to heaven. Well, then how can I get saved, pastor? Thank you for asking. The formula's simple. Did I, did I put it on a slide? I hope it, yeah. Grace plus faith equals life. Abundant life, real life, eternal life. This world's not your home. Don't ever believe that it is. It's not. So why would Jesus even come to earth as a, as a baby? Christmas means nothing unless he ends up going to the cross and rising from the dead. It's got to all come together. Grace, so grace has happened. That's a done deal. That part you don't need to worry about. When God sent him that little baby in a manger and that little baby grew up and lived a perfect life and then he died a disgusting death on a cross to take away all of our disgust, all of our darkness, all of our, all that that you heard me talking about. You know your own stuff. He took all that away and three days later, his grace covered everything. But here's the thing. His grace is a done deal. Faith is not a done deal. That's why the Bible says most people won't spend eternity in heaven. That's a, it's a painful thing for you to hear, I know, on Christmas. But I love you too much not to tell you the truth. And I love you too. And I, but the good news is you're going you're gonna to learn how. Your faith. Say faith. faith. It's your faith that saves you. Not my good works? Nope. Your good work should come after you're saved. I mean, you should be better. You're not, you won't be perfect, but your faith. What do you mean, pastor? What do you, faith in what? Faith in what? In Jesus. Do you believe the Christmas story that a virgin gave birth to the Son of God? And that he grew up, lived perfectly, died, was dead. And I mean, nobody questioned that. He was dead. And three days later, Jesus Christ broke forth from the tomb. The greatest miracle in history, defeating sin, defeating death, defeating the devil. So that you might have light. If you're, if you, I don't know, if you can, if you can admit that you've been broken or that you are, break this, would you? Just as a sign to God. Like, God, I'm busted up. I'm messed up. I'm screwed up. See, you can't manufacture light on your own. You can't do it. So the source has to come from somewhere. Jesus said, I am the source. Your faith. And, and, and here's the thing. You know what the Holy Spirit is? Light. And when you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by faith you believe in the resurrection, you believe in a virgin birth, you believe that he died, you ask him to forgive you your sins and set you free, he'll do it. And the light becomes you. And you're light. But I'm a bad person. I know. I get it. Me too. That's why Jesus came.
praise God. Praise God. John 8, 12, let's close it up. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, not perfectly, not that you're never going to stumble and fall down, do stupid things, you will. Probably five minutes after you leave here, I will too. It's who we are, right? We will. But he'll pick us up. Just follow me. Follow me. Follow me. You don't have to earn it. You, don't, you can't earn it. You know who gets to heaven? Oh, by the way, this will blow you away. Only perfect things can be in heaven. Now you know you have no chance, and I don't either. The only thing that can make you and I perfect is the Holy Spirit inside of us. And the only way that happens is, is grace, which is a done deal. God's grace has already come. Jesus, is a, it's a done deal. He's dead, and he's risen. He's alive. It's got to be your faith now. Your faith is what saves you, not, not your goodness. I know you're doing stuff. I know you are. Me too. God will, God, you know, faith in Jesus. And here's what so many people think, and I thought this, and this will blow some of you away. Meadows, we're not into religion. And I, if you grew up in a church, that might sound weird and whatever, but I don't know how else to say it. I wrote it down. People think religion is the center, or Christmas is about religion, and religion is about Christmas. No, no, no. Religion isn't the center of Christmas. Christ, Christ is the center of Christmas. Jesus Christ did not come to make you religious. Jesus Christ came to set you free from your mess, from your sin, from your struggle, from yourself. He takes broken things, he makes them beautiful. It's what he does. It's what he wants to do in you. I'll be, I'll be so crystal clear. If, if you want to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and accept the greatest gift you could ever give yourself, I'm giving you the opportunity. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to make you come up here. I'm not going to make you do anything. I, I would ask that you, if you're watching online, just type, I choose Jesus in the comments. We'll, we'll follow up with you. In the room, the connect cards, you can commit or recommit your life to Christ. Look up here. Checking a box doesn't save you. Your faith saves you. But by you showing us that, we celebrate and we pray for you and we follow up with you. So please check it so we know and we can pray for you. And you take those cards and you hand them into guest services and we will celebrate with you. Good people don't go to heaven. Saved people go to heaven. How are we saved? God's grace, done deal. Your faith, I don't know if it's done or not. Only you know that. God, I pray that you call on his name by faith. Ask him to forgive you and make you new. He will do it. And the Holy Spirit will enter in you and you are saved. Do me a favor. Um, guys in the production booth, hit all the lights so we can just see the, these lights shine for a second. I just want to see it. Look at this. I'll read it one more time, church, so you can, you can own this for yourself. Our King Jesus, the birthday that we celebrate, our King Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, you don't have to walk in darkness anymore, but, but you can have the light of life. And the other scripture you need to own is this. The, the angel said to the shepherds, and this is the whole series Meadows has been doing, I bring you good news of great joy to all people. Say all people. All people. All people means naughty people. 
nice people, addicted people, divorced people, drunk people, high people, Republicans, Democrats, black people, white people, rich people, poor people, young people, old people, all, I don't care where you've been, I don't care what you've done, you have light in Christ. Give God a shout of praise, somebody. Give him a shout. God, we thank you. We love you. We ask you to have your way. I don't know if my family is in here or not. If they are, they can just come up and we'll, just my family wants to wish you a Merry Christmas and I do too. And we're gonna sing a, one final song. Don't leave worship with us. The prayer team will be here to pray with you. Remember the cards for the decisions. Maybe it's a prayer request. Maybe it's a decision, whatever it is. This is my wife, Jody. Would you give, up, give it up for the real pastor of the church? That's Jake, my 14-year-old angel. And then Ava, you're my angel, right? So from, from my family to yours, like, we love you. We moved here four years ago, left everybody we knew, everything we knew, and some others by faith came with us, and we planted a church called Meadows. And now we get to look out and see what's going on here, and we did it for you. Because we want people to know that if God can save a guy like me and a family that like us, oh, good he wants to do in you. We love being your pastor. We love you, and we want to worship with you at least one more song, and we'd love to meet you out there. But I love you so much. God loves you so much more. And from my family to your family, Merry Christmas. We love you. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. I invite you to like or subscribe to our social channels. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, would you consider sharing this message with a friend, coworker, family member? I mean, so many people need hope and encouragement, and you have the ability to bring it directly to them. Finally, one more thing. I wanna ask that you would consider giving financially to this ministry. I mean, God has done so much, but yet we believe he wants to do so much more, like so many more people he wants to reach, so much more hope he wants to give, so many more lives that he wants to save, and your investment can help make that happen. So again, thank you so much. I love you, and God loves you more. God bless you.